This is CliffCentral.com. The Leadership Platform is brought to you by Sibanye, a proudly South African multi-commodity mining company. Welcome to Leadership Transformation Platform, multiplying authentic leaders, moving society. For all things leadership, go to leadershipplatform.com. One word, two Ps in the middle. I'm Adrian Grunewald. It's an absolute pleasure to be with you. And we've got a very different show for our Leadership Masterclass today. I'm very excited about this, where we engage the youth of South Africa. Um, we call it our National Youth Leadership Event, which we hold at different universities. And we partner with Sibanye, which is the biggest, the largest mining house in the country at the moment. And, uh, and they felt inspired and impressed to sponsor this kind of event. So we're very excited about that. For those of you who don't know, every single Monday, 12 to 1 o'clock, we have a Leadership Masterclass on Cliff Central. So we want people to know about that because leadership seems to be a challenge in the world all over, certainly in South Africa. Today we are at the Open Window Institute or Open Window University. I call it the creative future of our country, a very creative bunch that study here. We wanted to come here to get a feel for this university. We'll be going to Tuckies, we'll be going to Wits and try and go to all kinds of uh, universities in our country. The proceedings are recorded and will play live on Cliff Central um, this Monday, this coming Monday. So it's a live event. The theme chosen or suggested by the Open Window Institute and the SRC specifically was the following. How best should those that are currently in power and our youth communicate with one another? So we're assuming that there's a communication gap potentially between the youth currently in our country and those in power, not just politicians, business leaders. doesn't matter. It may be the case. It may not be the case. So we've got a group of youth here, um, and we're going to talk with them today. Before we do so, we have a panel of leaders in front of the youth. I'm going to introduce them. The first person is Catherine Constantinidis. She's no stranger to our leadership show or Cliff Central, in fact. Um, Ah, you can describe her in many ways. Environmental climate activist, director of Miss Earth, former Miss Earth, uh, entrepreneur, activist at heart, passionate about the country, and you see her all over. Um, social media, events, marching with the politicians, um, wherever she can make a difference, she's there. So she's on the panel. Welcome, Catherine. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here and great to engage on a platform such as this, especially with a topic such as this. It's so relevant for this day and age and the time that we're living in, in our history. Absolutely agree with you. And then we've got Tema Baloy, founder and executive director, Discovery Insure. So here's a man who studied well, ended up in a magnificent business, Discovery, creative, dynamic it's a powerful business uh, with a leader like Adrian Gore who started it, and he's still there after probably 20 years. Um, and Temba, for years, had the idea of a discovery insurer, which is a very unique, innovative um, motor vehicle insurance company, if I can call it that, short-term insurance. And eventually he got it going. He positioned to them, and there it is. He's the founder of this business that you often hear advertised on radio and TV and all over the show. So Timba, it's great to have you with us. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here and I'm looking forward to engage with the youth. Timba, you're also in the, what, is, what do they call it again, the, the under 40 or the young future leaders of the United Nations. What, what do they call that again? 
Young Global Leaders World Economic Forum. And they, they choose 100 globally every year? Yes, absolutely. Uh, last year or year before, you were chosen as one of those? 2015. 2015. Yeah. So our leaders here are not ancient like me. I'm not ancient. Yes, we've got ancient in the audience, the old man who's usually also on the show. But, um, but they're young, you know. It was literally yesterday that they, they were your age, studying, uh, wanting to conquer the world. And uh, I, I certainly see them as, as your peers in many respects. Then we have, very quickly, we've got to get going. We've got uh, Sasha Lee. Where's Sasha Lee? Okay, so, so Sasha Lee is also here from our youth leadership platform. She and Bongani, they run that on Cliff Central. Now, be very afraid because she is standing there looking for youth that she can pull onto their platform. If you don't want to be there, be quiet. If you want to be there, speak up today. Okay, so she's looking out for who can be on that platform. And then we have two representatives from Open Window, which is Hannah, Hannah um, Student Council Advisory Board. She's from the, that board. Hannah, welcome. Hello, thank you for including us in this discussion. And then we have Ilam. She's the uh, head ambassador for Open Window Institute. Thank you for accompanying us and doing it at Open Window. So, yeah, we also get exposure as well. Yeah. So, thank you for that. Great to be with you. All right, five minutes. I'm going to ask Catherine to say, uh, just share a few thoughts on the topic, which is how on earth do we best communicate between those in power and those... Um, youth like yourselves in our country. She'll share a few thoughts and then Timbo will. And then we'll start engaging you. Think of questions, comments, issues you want to raise. And we've got about 50 minutes for that. Okay. Well, when our speakers are done, we might have 40 minutes. So we'll have to move fast, but we look forward to hearing from you. Catherine. Thank you so much. You know, I think when, when thinking about this topic and really giving thought to to that very question, two things come to my mind, and those two things are very much linked to uh, two themes which I'll share with you. The first is inclusion, because I often think that um, young people are, are not included as part of the conversation. They're not included within trying to find what are the solutions to many of the problems we're finding in our society and community. Often we find that young people are spoken to, or spoken at. And I think that young people, you know, we're living in a time and a day and age where young people are informed. They understand exactly what's going on. And we need young people to be part of the conversation, engaged. So it's, it's inclusion and engagement. And I think for me, those are the two critical things. When we engage with young people, we often find that they actually are sitting with the answers to many of the solutions, the solutions that we're looking for when we're addressing social challenges within our communities at all sorts of levels. Corporates will come in and are trying to find a solution uh, to address certain things. But they've never engaged the people on the ground. And young people today form such a huge part of our communities, such a huge part of our society. So young people must be engaged and included in the conversation, in building solutions, campaigns. And especially when we're talking about leadership, I think that young people need to be a critical part of conversations moving forward. We have a young very young continent and a, a young population that is becoming, you know, we, we can no longer wait for young people to become the leaders. They are the leaders right now. So why we're we not engaging more with them and why we're we not including them more within these kinds of conversations, discussions, and in trying to find the solutions to the problems that we might face. 
at all levels of community, society. And I think that really those two things for me are critical because young people are so unbelievably aware and have so much to offer society. So we must be included within those, those platforms and brought around the table. Thank you, Catherine. Timba, some initial thoughts? I mean, the key thing for me when we think about the youth and we think about being part of the conversation, first thing that comes to mind is that I was once youth. I was once 20. I was once 18. I was once in your shoes. So when we think about all the things that need to happen, it is with a sense of deep realization that we've been on the journey. So the type of things that perhaps as the youth of today you deal with, the worries you have, the concerns you have, be rest assured that we've all gone through them. In fact, I'm reminded of what my mom used to say. My mom used to say, I understand where you come from in terms of the things that you want to see changing, but you must also appreciate that I also had the same aspirations to make those changes. But with age, I've come to accept and understand what it means to have two ears and one mouth. And the key lesson there is that I need to listen as twice as I need to speak. Because it is what John Maxwell often says and what uh, St Stephen Carvey used to say, you need to first seek to understand before you are understood. So, yes, there's no doubt. You need to be included in the conversation, and I concur with Catherine. You need to be engaged, and I concur 100%. The key thing, though, is that you need to develop a sense of patience. Just because your message is not understood at the first instance that you put it across, it does not necessarily mean that message should be lost. But also it doesn't mean that you, you give up on that messaging. Your role, as much as a part of this whole conversation and communication, is to make sure that when you deliver your message, it is received. You don't throw it over. You deliver it. And when you deliver it, make sure that someone receives the message. So you don't throw the message over and walk away. And that is part of the most powerful thing you could learn in the journey of what communi communication is all about. I've got a mentor who says to me, one of the biggest lessons in his life was that all the successes that he has had and all the failures that he has had, they revolve around one thing, and that is communication. Your success and your failure depends on how well and how patient you are to deliver your message. And so you can never underestimate a platform such as this one that we have today. You need to appreciate the sense of what it means to deliver your messages in an impactful way. I often say impact does not mean shouting. Impact does not mean screaming. Impact is about you can be as calm as they come and you'll be able to deliver an impactful message. So that's the foundation I just want to lay as we commence this discussion, that for you to be engaged, for you to be included, 
you also need to understand the people that you deal with. I'll stop there for a moment. Thank you. Yeah, they'll ask you questions. Do either of you, before we engage the, the, the youth here tonight, want to say something? Just to kick off a, a feeling about the theme? Hannah? Or um, I'm just trying to get my words together, but I think one of the biggest issues that we've had on the SRC is that there's a lot of people that have really big ideas and they get very involved in their ideas and they think that their ideas are the greatest ideas to put down whatever. Um, but the communication between getting the idea into effect, we're lacking that completely. And I don't know if it's because the ideas are too big or if we're not communicating the ideas properly to the people in charge. Or patiently or whatever. That so. too. Okay, let's see, Ilan. Um, to what Catherine said in the beginning about how people don't take into account of what the youth have to say. Um, I think that's important, especially also in like a creative environment, because like um, when I go into the industry now, uh, the p people who are going to graduate the next few years after me are going to replace me. And um, it's, it's a bit sad and shocking and scary, but it's, it's, it's like, uh, in, like, uh, not revolutionary, never revolutionary, but it's, um, every time you, you go into the industry, you become better. And, uh, when, when you, when you're young, you, you know a lot more. And I'm not saying that the old people don't know more than this than us, but, um, I'm, I'm just saying like we, we have value to add and, um, asking the youth, to, to give their opinion and to make change is important because we are the next generation to, to create that change. So, I mean, working with the elder, elderly people as well as the youth, um, we can make the future a lot better. So, yeah. Thank you, Ilan. All right, that's the panel. But this platform is for you, for the youth, for South Africa. It is so that you can communicate to leaders that are out there, busy fighting the fight, and you Getting into the fight, if I can call it that. Um, and therefore, we need to hear from you. Okay. So think of your questions. It's now your chance to engage the panel, to engage each other in conversation. You just will hand you a mic, and then you'll ask your questions and share your thoughts. Maybe on what the panel have said. Maybe something totally different. I have a few questions. Are the current leaders getting the youth? Are they getting them? But let's be fair with a question. Are the youth getting the current leaders? It's never a one-way thing. Okay, so that's one question I'll, I'll throw out. Um, as you formulate your question, whose responsibility is it mostly to ensure good communication? Who wants to start? Catherine? I think you ask a very interesting question because... If we look at leadership from a, from a South African perspective and we look at our country, we have to understand that leadership does start at the top and there should be a, a role and a picture that is painted by the leader for how communication happens. So when there's a, a broken leadership, you do not have a sense of how communication should work. And I think that when we look at a South African perspective, right now we're in a very politically sensitive space. So I don't believe that we're able to, to really draw the right kind of comparisons. I don't believe, though, that 
the youth always understand the leaders and the leaders always understand the youth. I think that this is a dynamic and an interesting dynamic that continues to evolve um, throughout societies. And you can take that at a really micro level from a community perspective, you know, from community leaders within your church or different youth organizations, the leaders versus sort of the, the, the groupings, the masses, the, the youth in those spaces. I think it's an important question that needs to be asked and tackled um, throughout society within these spaces that we operate because I think we've got to start there. Do we understand each other? Because we're not. if we don't understand each other, there's no common ground to start those conversations and open lines of healthy communication. Communication is a two-way street, and it is also a space that requires mutual respect in order for communication to happen. Even if you don't like what's being communicated, you have to have a platform and a foundation of respect and trust in order to be able to communicate, even when those messages between leaders and our youth are not ones that we're comfortable with, not ones that we like. We need to be able to engage and have a platform where we can engage, even if we don't agree on something, we can respect each other's views. Okay, before we go to Timber, let's ask you, are the leaders in general, and we're not just talking at open window, of course, we're not here to find out the <coughs> skeletons at open window, or the, uh, dirty laundry or whatever they say, but in general, as you engage friends across the spectrum, are the leaders getting the youth? I would say like on the off, no. But it's a very difficult thing because we're such a diverse country. We've got such a diverse youth from all kinds of walks of life. So how can you get the youth if they're so different from each other? Okay, so you, uh, you recognize it's a difficult thing to do, understandably. Um, I think uh, what I believe is you lead by example. Okay, so our current leaders, some of them are not leading by example and youth um most of us we we like to follow the leader so um well i'm I'm not a person who's a follower i make my own path so um i I do what i want but um uh i would say that some of the youth will follow the current leaders but you need you need to define the word leadership and for each youth person they need to define what leadership is for them before you actually start following the leaders and i feel um, in our current state of our, in our, in our country, the political side is a little bit touchy and sensitive, but, um, I feel in a way we, we developing our own sense of leadership and, um, in leading by example, I think our youth is taking it to a next level of leadership. So we making our own path and we gonna create our own future basically because our, our leaders are not really giving us that, so we we're gonna take a power uh, what matters into our own hands. Yeah. Okay, Timba, and I think Timba, you must understandably also say, are the youth getting the leaders? Your view uh, in general, and then we'll have we've got one youth coming up for a question. Go for it, Timba. Your thoughts? I, I mean, it's a very clear thing. You can't have a one-way street. And I mean, in whichever way we think about leadership, until such time that we realize that we are on the same side, we are not against each other, 
you see the issue here and what creates the most friction and the most pain is when we think it's us and them. We are all on the same side. We are all aiming for the same objectives. We may differ in the approaches that we take, but when we embrace that thinking that says we can work towards a common goal, common outcomes, it changes the dynamic altogether. And then we start listening to each other. Mm -hmm. I think for me, having been a youth before, having been on the journey, if I were to be talking to the younger version of myself would have been to listen a little bit more because it is in that humility of spirit that the greatness of the ideas that are on the table are, are galvanized and are brought to the fore and they make a huge difference and a huge impact. I mean, there's no doubt the youth has got brilliant ideas. They can add a lot of value and many of them actually do. I was reading an article of a 14-year-old who's been studying the causes of cancer. And it is estimated that she's got a cure already. So at 14 years of age, she's already thinking about outside the box. Instead of just thinking about medication, to deal with the symptoms, she's actually dealing with the causes and how to unravel the solutions to those. And therefore, you can't ignore such a young person. At the same time, that young person needs all the wisdom and the experiences of the professors, the laboratories, and etc., etc., to be able to put together a model that can be repeatable. So what am I saying to you guys? In a very simple way, it's a two-way street. And it requires patience, it requires humility, and it requires us to remember that we are not against each other. We're working towards a common goal. We're on the same ship. Hopefully it's not the Titanic. <laughs> yeah, but we are on the same ship. I mean, we can't change that. Okay, first student to the left. Careful the noise there. Go for it. Uh, just give us your name and throw your question. Uh, my name is Mzwandile Pito. I actually want to address the question you know, that you just asked. Uh, are the leaders hearing our message? Uh, I think we should start by looking at this question in a very microscopic level. Let's look at the sender and the receiver in an individual way. Um, the leader usually is what we call the baby boomer. These are people who are born between 1940s and 1960s. And the sender is usually the, pe the people that we call millennials and Generation X. These are people who are born the 80s to 2000. So what is the difference there? The difference is what I call core values. These people have a barrier of or the generational gap is a barrier that I call core values. That means the values of the baby boomer and the values of the millennial are not the same. I, as a millennial, uh, my values are, I believe in instant gratification. Everything that I use every day wants me to get the, I, I'm used to getting the message now. I'm, using, I'm used to getting the outcome now. The answer now, the information now. Yes. Everything. But mm -hmm. the baby boomer is from an age where you used to patience. You call, 
you wait for the message to come. You fax, you wait two days. So I'm impatient, they are patient. They, I'm impatient, they are patient. So where do we find shared values? We, sh- we need to find shared values like uh, caring for the world. If we can find common objective, just like uh, he, the gentleman he, he just said, we need to find common objectives, shared values, and shared reality to be able to address the problems that we are facing. If we come with individual values and individual understanding, they are more likely to become communi- to, we are more likely to face communication barriers. Uh, okay. Just to continue, how do we send a message we as the youth? Okay. Uh, I believe in the, on, the, the modus of operation when we send a message, we need to send a message with what I call transformative activism. We are used to activism. Our activism currently is passive. When there's a social issue, what do I do? I tweet about it and slip it off. Then we get tweets like, men are trash. Those tweets are not solving social issues. They end up attacking. Those, that is passive activism. But I believe in what I call transformative activism. Transformative activism requires an individual to identify the problem and be involved in finding the solution for the problem. That's what I believe we should do. As the youth, we need to go out there, identify the problem, and get involved in the solutions of fi- and get involved in the processes of finding solutions for problem. That's how we can get the message to the leadership. And another thing, I, 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 I yeah, think make that your last point because you're raising very good points, and I want the panel to respond. Yeah, I believe in what we can become. Two things: it's either we become agents of change, we get in communities business institutions and government institutions challenge the norms, challenge the status quo, challenge how business is done, show new ways of doing business. That's how we, we can become agents of change, show new ways of leading the current nation, show new ways and be involved in that. So two things, become tr- tr- be, be involved in transformative activism and become agents of change. That's how we can get the message to the leadership. Some Yes. You raise some powerful interesting things which partly challenges what's been said but partly also agrees uh, i like what you say about the sender and the receiver i i am concerned about the fact that to create common values or a common vision where we can take our different values and unite them for a common cause requires excellent leadership which a nelson mandela typically did uh, we're not so sure that we have it at the moment and that's a challenge in our country and we see it on various levels in corporate we might see more of it i think but um, we've got to see more, <laughs> even more. So let's, let's get some responses from Catherine and Temba on what you raised. Then you've got the whole millennial baby boomer issue, which a lot of people write about. Interesting. Okay. I like transformative, ac- transformative activism. Uh, social media is very passive and negative sometimes, but a lot of good can be done. So a lot of issues you raised. All right. Go for it. Panel, comments on what Mzwandile shared, and then we'll go to another student. I mean, there's no doubt that yes. what Mzwandile is saying is true, uh, but there's also another side to the story. Um, whenever I hear a specific message or a specific story talking about sender and receiver, what I want us to amplify is the understanding that there shouldn't be one section of this conversation that is either a sender or a receiver. We're both senders and we're both receivers. So if we can start with that deep understanding that, yes, there are certain things you want to get across, 
but also on the other hand there is something that those who have come before you also want to get across so let me talk about the shared values that you spoke about as an example the instant gratification which is a function of where we find ourselves with the latest technologies it produces the kind of expectations and the kind of behaviors that you see in the current society and the way things happen but the reality of life is that you do not have a baby that's suddenly old in 9 weeks the baby takes 9 months to be born the baby goes through a process it's just the way we are that's the way that we were created we were created to go through different stages and yes i accept that these days there's something i call the inst- uh, the microwave generation the food is ready in 10 seconds everything is ready in 15 seconds but the reality is that food may be ready in 10 seconds but it took a while before you got it from Woolworths or from wherever they cooked it they took time to cook it so if you can always remember that remembering that even with whatsapp messages that are delivered instantly there's someone who took the time to develop that app it wasn't instantaneously so that understanding creates a deeper appreciation for what you would classify as patience because when that patience and that instant gratification is put in context it creates a better well-rounded individual there i say a better and well-rounded youth leader so it is crucial that while we need these things to happen rapidly we need to appreciate and embrace what it means to have longevity i'll be frank with you guys looking at you and with your education the kind of exposure you have chances are most of you are going to live up to 107 you can't tell me that your life up to the age of 107 is going to be about instant responses it's just not designed that way so it is important that in the shared value that you're talking about the common values the core values system we need to bring it together with a deep appreciation that there is value even in the older value systems that you think perhaps are frustrating for you guys as young people but also there is value in you having the impatience to see changes happening so i will stop on that piece and hopefully catherine you can talk extensively on the other pieces that mzwandile raised let me just jump in a second you see why we have him on the panel <laughs> now you'll see why we have catherine but i'm sure you've already seen so catherine your view on some things mzwandile raised and then we'll get one of you hanno or imla one of you just share your thoughts we'll get another student and we'll come back to you I think that you raise such important points and uh, you know I think we could probably have a show on each of the points that you've actually raised but the one thing that pops into my mind and after what you have said Timber you've given pearls of wisdom right there but after you've said that I've got to go back to something that for me is really fundamental when we talk about shared values and a shared vision that we're moving towards together we need to go back to the foundation of values and morals and ethics and the one thing that worries me the most in our country today is that are we 
inspiring a set of shared values in our homes? Are we bringing up children and are we bringing up the youth? And within our youth spaces, are we cultivating a culture of shared values, values that talk to the kind of people we want to be, the kind of society we want to be building, and the kind of nation that we want to live in. And I think that that's a golden thread throughout all of these conversations, because when we talk about the generational gap, when we talk about the sender and the receiver, when we talk about our leaders and our youth, if there is a foundation of shared values, and if there is a golden thread that runs through all of us as a society and as a country because of a cultural value that we all hold dear, I think then those conversations can be had. Those kinds of um, discussions, you know, we can go into all of that a lot more. But for me, the one thing that's missing in our society right now is that value. We have forgotten that values and morals need to play a crucial and critical role in the foundation of how we build our societies. We then lay on top of that the problems, the challenges, and all of the things that we need to address. But when we don't have a foundation, and that, that strong foundation of values, uh, we, we have a problem. I recently actually, um, you know, spoke specifically on this where, for me, we've almost said that values of our society and, and the moral fiber of our nation rest somewhere else. We forget to address it right at home. We point fingers and we, we put the blame and push the blame into different corners. But what are we doing in our own individual homes? It might just be with a sibling. It could be with a housemate, with our friends in our, in our, places of learning, in our workrooms. You know, when we walk through a building, when we're going into into our offices, what is that value that we instill with with the people that we surround ourselves with? I think we live in a life that is so fast-paced and we've got so many things that we are looking at and trying to address. But the fundamental thing that we're missing is the golden thread of a moral fiber and the value system that we hold dear. Can I just add to that? Because one of the key things that uh, I speak very strongly about, and I, I'm hoping you guys catch it because it's the strongest opportunity for success when you catch it. And that is you need to build strong foundations back to what Catherine is talking about. And now I, I use a very simple statement. You cannot build a skyscraper on a six-bedroom foundation. You cannot. Those who build a skyscraper on a six-bedroom foundation it collapses eventually. If you can always remember that, I don't want to use examples, but there's plenty of them. You know about them, and you've, you've seen them recently. Okay, interesting. Hannah, very quickly, from Open Window Institute, and then we'll come to our next youth. Yeah, I just wanted to quickly talk about the instant gratification thing and how the older generation expects us to be a bit more patient. At what point do we... Stop being patient or do we press the things that we want to happen? I'm a kind of person that likes to do things immediately and get things done. I don't like to soak my dirty dishes. I want to wash my dirty dishes. So people that want you to put an idea down and then leave it there for six months or whatever while we try and sort out the mechanics of it, it doesn't work for me. You've got an idea, come up with a plan, get it into action. Okay, interesting. You're raising a question, and I don't 
personally think the spirit of patience is just waiting. Uh, we can explore that in a moment. Uh, the, the top executives that are double, triple your age that I meet are doers, you know, and, the, and I almost said politicians are doers. They're the ones who often seem like they really are not the doers. Um, they promise a lot of doing, but then when they're in power, they don't do a lot necessarily. But your corporate leaders are doers. But yes, Temba, who for 10 years hung on to this idea, this dream of a discovery insurer, and for us it was an instant, wow, boom, this new concept idea. Wow, it's amazing. In the meantime, he was lobbying and he was working at it and working at it, and eventually he convinced them. So there was a patient go-get-it attitude, if I can put it that way. But Temba... So I've spoken to you about uncommon patients before. Yeah. And I did define what uncommon patience is, and I'm going to redo it here so that you guys understand. Uncommon patience is very simplistically seeking avenues to find a solution to a specific problem. Specifically taking action continuously. It's not waiting and doing nothing. It's actively seeking avenues to come up with the right solution. And it's important for us to appreciate that because I used an example of WhatsApp. I've used an example of Facebook. If you haven't done your homework, please go and do your homework on how long it took Mark Zuckerberg to come up with Facebook. At the age of six, he had already started on this journey. By the time you guys saw Facebook, it was many, many hours of dedication and investment. So I'm going to stop there. Okay. Our next youth um, name, question. Okay. Okay, thanks very much. Uh, it's Andrew Baliso. Let me just sit very well. Yes, let me come closer. Yeah, I'm just going to be very short and precisely. Uh, let me also thank the opportunity that I'm getting. Uh, firstly, I want to concur with uh, the panelists. Uh, when you raise the issue of the inclusion of the youth, uh, I just wanted to add and comment and say, us as young people here in South Africa, we, we, we just don't want uh, to be included or to be engaged, but we also want to be given a platform and space to it. And it's something that I think uh, uh, from what has been raised to say, Let's start campaigns. Let's challenge the status quo because communication, obviously, is a two-way process. It can't just be one way. But I think those who are empowered must also practice communication competence. They must champion it because it's a, it's a, it's a two-way thing. It can't just be a one-way thing. But uh, let me just pause there. Thank you, Andrew. Now, while the panel responds, we've got one other student waiting. I'd like someone at the back there also to come and, guys, do it as quiet as you can. Just keep the one here, yeah, actually. Um, I want you to, some of you at the, behind there, second row, also come up in here, say some questions. All right, uh, panel, do you want to respond to that, or should we? I think there's a few issues. Otherwise, I'd go to the next youth, um, but let's rather address these. Catherine? I just want to, the, the one thing I just want to quickly say is on the last point that you made, I think I absolutely believe that there are young 
young, very forward-thinking leaders uh, within both the private sector, the public sector, within government spaces. And there are young people who are doing unbelievable things. However, when we have to challenge those status quos and we have to, you know, hold our leadership how, no matter what age they are, hold them accountable, it goes back to the ethics and the values that they hold and that we as a society hold true to ourselves. We should not accept corruption in, on any level. We should not, um, you know, just rest back when we do not see governance um, being carried through any project or campaign that we're doing. And I think it goes back to that, that moral fiber that we have to understand for ourselves as a society what are the values that we hold true to ourselves. And that goes back straight into many of the points that you've just made. Okay. Ilum, if you want to say something uh, based on what's uh, been offered to us. Um, I don't know if I'll be answering your question or whatever, but um, when you say about starting campaigns and... Uh, involving the youth and that kind of thing um, you have to start somewhere where in, from the beginning with education so from starting campaigns and stuff yes including your youth but teaching your youth how to handle those responsibilities and then putting them to the test so you put them in that position where the higher position is and then you see how they do and from there then I mean if we if we not put into the the tank of sharks then how do we learn so um sadly that's how life is but um i mean that's that's how you can excel you can see the person's strengths you can see the person's weaknesses and both strengths and weaknesses are they play on each other so i mean with with youth you just have to you have to test the waters i guess so um yeah i guess <laughs> no, thank you for your comment Timba, you want to jump in there and by the way uh, i just want to say there are young dynamic leaders out there even in parliament uh, very young, uh, they the future. And in corporate, at what age did you start discovering Sure, I mean, you're still under 40 now, but you started what age? I'm already 40. <laughs> what is it, but I mean, I was 32 uh, when I was working towards the path of the idea. I mean, I just want to also highlight that there are a lot of young people. Ludwig Marishan is one of them. The guy that founded Tripath is very young. I know him personally. Uh, you've got the likes of Siakuza. Uh, He's got a planet named after him, a very young guy. So you can't say just because those may be distant that they are not there. They are there. There's plenty of young people who are really making a significant difference. Here's the reality. In my conversations with Ludwig, one of the key things that stand out for me is that he didn't lament a lack of resources for him to put together that business plan that won him the kind of funding he needed to get started with the dry path. What he did do, though, was to use probably, you guys would think that Nokia 3110, you don't know about it because you come, you're born into the generation of smartphones. He used that to write his business plan that won him the awards. So what am I saying to you? Let's not focus on what we don't have. Let's rather focus on what we have. A lot of people that I meet, when I ask a simple question, what do you already have in your hand? A lot of them don't see what they have in their hand. And there are a lot of people who would die to have what you already have in your hand. You just spoke about education there, Ilam. The key thing, you guys are already exposed. You've got this platform. You've got education. There are 
people who are desperate to be in your shoes. So what are you doing what you, with what you already have? It's food for thought because I think you could do amazing things with it. Okay, our next youth. Introduce your name, Gavrin. Uh My name is Tolani. Um, I'd like to say I, 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 I do share your, your philosophy in, in terms of uh, patience. I call it active waiting. Uh, I have a question, but as a preamble to my question, mm-hmm. I think we need to mind the, gener- uh, the generational gap, as Mzwandile was saying. We may be sharing the same spaces, but we live in, in, in parallel worlds, you know, because um, what I've found of, often at times is that the older generation is unwilling to put themselves in the shoes of the younger generation. And then uh, the, the younger generation, at a point at times when they have an idea, they act cocky, and then it makes the older generation to feel uh, um, like antiques, useless. They're going to be moved out of, out of, of out, you know. So uh, as, 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 a, as a thought to the youth, I think we need to respect the seniors and earn their respect so that they can listen to us. And then my question now is that um, how, how do you deal with uh, leaders or people in power who are influ- influential, who pass on their ideas or way of doing things? They are very practi- pragmatical in their way of uh, the way they approach things. And then they pass on their ideas as the gospel. You know, their opinions are the gospel, that this is the gospel and this is what we are going to do. Because they, they've been in the field, they've used proven ways of... Uh, that have worked, but we live in a global, uh, we are very globalized, and ideas are coming fast, and then there's, there's innovations, and then they are unwilling to, to listen to you. How do you deal with such people? A person who's very pragmatical, who's, 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 who's passing on the ideas as the gospel, and you have innovative ways of approaching the same uh, 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 problem. Thank you. Okay. All right, so, so hold on to that thought. We've got 10 minutes left. So I, I want to get your questions out, and then the panel can just you know, wrap up trying to answer some of your questions, but at least voice your question, because it does not end yet. It goes on to the youth leadership platform, and we move forward with that. So let's get your name and your question. Keep it brief. And is there, if there's anyone else who wants to ask a question before we end off, then now's the time to get your courage together and stand up and quickly come, come line up for the question. Come closer. Yes, Augustine Kledima, Bukamus Educational Trust. I've got one question. I believe that hopelessness is an artifact of ignorance. We are witnessing uh, youth, especially in our various com- communities, where youth doesn't have hope. Automatically, how can we engage such youth because they don't have hope? Because I think this is a national problem, it's a core problem. And I also like to concur with what Catherine said the moral fiber, and also the shared value within the society. Those are the foundation, but we lack that. There's a substance abuse, there's a youth revert to alcoholism. In fact, they also uh, are the barriers of progress within our communities and the leadership. How do we sensitize that space in terms of hope for more to engage young people? Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, there's a question. Let's get the next one. Jump in here quickly. These chairs are not good for recording. All right, go for it. Go, name, question. My name is Nyiko Mlambo. Uh, I'm from Kuzo. I could say the, the environment that I come from, it's way different to, to okay, 
I would say, uh, other environments. You know, we living under privilege. You know, some of the things, even we know about technology, technology is something that we use uh, more often. But uh, in my community, such things, you know, uh, my parents are antiquated, you know. So I, I, I wanted to know, because in my thought is that uh, some of the things need to be, uh, that all the lessons need to be provided in, uh, at schools. So in such situation, because when you live under uh, such environment, there's a lot of things that are happening. There's a lot of things that will affect us, you know, teenage pregnancy, drugs, all those substances. So uh, I'm thinking in addition of uh, business skills and all that, uh, I've been trying to, 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 to do it up there because I don't have a support at home. So uh, how about that gap, you know, how can you, like, uh, I mean, communicate effectively with such people, you know. We don't have a help desk, you know, in, in our district where, whereby we could go and consult and speak, you know, to, to such issues. Thank you so much. All right. So it adds on the hopeless, potential challenge of hopelessness. But then how do you communicate to those, that part of the population? And then, of course, we had the brilliant comments before that. So let's start. Who wants to kick off first? Timba, you want to start? Yes. I, I think the issue here is very clear. When you talk about hopelessness, it's probably the most dangerous thing because hopelessness kind of, kind of closes your ideas and your eyes to the possibilities that lie ahead. In any particular difficult situation, there is always an option. There is always a way out. And there are many examples I come from probably the most poor communities of this country where I grew up my formative years. I saw the willpower, the spirit of the people who would not give up, who would say, we are not going to be beggars. We'll do whatever it takes to make sure that we make ends meet. We are going to send our kids to school. They are going to get educated. We didn't have facilities. I'll tell you, I used to take a taxi, go to the library because that's where the information was. I managed to go. I couldn't buy the books. You guys have got technology in highest proportions. You could use that technology for better compared to the way that we saw things, the way we experienced life. What I'm saying is very simple. The moment you open up your eyes and realize that it's not hopeless, the moment you open up your eyes to the possibilities, you are in a position to make things happen. You will move forward. And I want to talk to you also about the issues of peer pressure. And back to what Catherine was saying. What are the true core values that we hold dear to ourselves? When no one is watching, when no one is there, when everything is possible for you to take the shortcut, what are the core values that we hold dear to ourselves? Those are the things that are going to propel you forward. And if you can remember that, it doesn't matter how less of support or how much of support you have. If there is a core value system that you hold dear to yourself, you will find a way out. And I'm not saying it's going to be easy. 
It was not easy for me. It was not easy for many people I know that I deal with. But you will find a breakthrough. Just don't be hopeless. I have to also just quickly comment on on your statement. Both of you made such important statements because you have seen or come from those very communities that talk to the largest part of our population. That speaks to our people. And I think that having done the extensive work that I do in very, very, um, you know, heartbreaking circumstances and, and places in our communities, I believe that those hopeless the hopelessness you see, you can address. You need to be that beacon of hope. You need to share your story, what you're doing. The fact that you, you may not get your family support, but the fact that you have gone out and you're trying to do something, you become that beacon of hope in your community. You need to constantly share your journey with your peers, the people around you, your community. Talk about the hardships. Don't pretend like they don't happen. You can be the hope and the light that you need within your community. And I'm a firm believer that there are pockets of hope throughout our country, throughout our communities. You just have to open your eyes to see them. Sometimes they're right there, but you're not looking because you're so closed in in the darkness and in the depth of the pain or suffering that you might be facing or that the community faces because of drugs, alcohol, um, you know, uh, the the many social ills that we see, but you need to be that beacon of light and you need to push forward based on those very values that you just mentioned. You need to hold those true and no matter what, you fight and you move forward. Any of our open window panelists want to say something? Um, the issue about hopeful hopelessness, um, what I truly believe to this day is, okay, it is uh, easier said than done. I, I do understand that. But um, you can't choose where you come. You can't choose where you come from, but you can choose from where you go from there. So the power lies within you. So with with hopefulness, I know when you're feeling very sad and dark in that hole and that kind of thing, you, I mean, that's a comfortable space that you are in, and going out of the unknown is is scary and uncomfortable. But if you move your, yourself away from that space, um. You will see the the light at the end of the tunnel. So I, I'm I'm sorry, but it is easier said than done. But um, with the um abuse and the the district that you're talking about, um, we can the fact that you're talking about it and you're giving awareness to it, um, the the certain people that can we can we can start enrichment programs to help the community, to educate the community, to help them to. Um, support them. So it's it's good that you are telling us about this because then we, you are raising awareness so that the the correct people can help you and help the community and initiate success. All right. And then earlier, the, the I, I like the, what is it, active waiting or brilliant comment, but also the fact that, uh, I don't know if we address that specifically, but that you have leaders who are set in their ways, they're pragmatical. I've done those things. I've been here for 20, 30 years in the mining industry or in whatever it is, this is the way it's done. So don't come with your new new ways. I don't know if we address that, but but that is the challenge of the call it baby boomers is they've lived through incredible innovation and don't underestimate a lot of them are very innovative. Age these days are not necessarily a debilitating factor. <laughs> the, the older generation are talking on WhatsApp and 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 they're doing things they never thought they would do. But that's a good issue. Let's 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 bag that one. And and maybe in the wrap up comments, we've got three minutes left. Uh, if someone wants to address that, let's um, 
okay, you've just said something. Are you okay then? Let's quickly have a wrap-up comments here about communication, about the youth, a final message. 30 seconds, starting with Temba. I mean, communication, as I said, is the bedrock of all the successes or failures that we have in life. We've got to appreciate that it's not a one-way street. But over and above that, we also need to embrace the realization that it is not someone else's responsibility. No matter how bad or how good the circumstances may look, it's not someone else's responsibility. It is my responsibility. If I want to get the message across, I can't just throw it over there and expect that it's been received. I need to take sufficient due care to make sure that message has been well received and that it lands and it's got the impact. And the impact doesn't mean I'm shouting. The impact doesn't mean I get loud. The impact means I've taken sufficient care to understand my recipient and understand how he receives his messages and therefore deliver it in that way that that recipient receives the messages. Tema Baloy, thank you so much for joining us. Catherine? I think just again for me... um, going back to engagement, inclusion and a platform to lead which is what one of our young leaders here said and I think it's really critical to ask of ourselves what set of values we hold true to ourselves as individuals and how do we share that shared value and vision with our our immediate circles. Look at the circle where you live and operate in and then that has a ripple effect. No one will make a greater mistake than somebody who does nothing because they can only do a little. And the one thing I'd like to just leave you all with is that the world awaits your contribution. Fight past the darkness, the difficulty and the depth of the pains that you you may be exposed to and push forward to become greater than the circumstances you find yourselves in. Anna, thank you, Catherine, for joining us tonight. Yeah, I agree with Catherine a lot. You know, it sounds like the youth are very eager to speak and the leaders really want to listen. We just need that platform where we can have our conversation. And I think a program like this is a great start to initiating conversations like that in the future. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you for joining us. What a wonderful conversation. The hour goes so fast. It's not enough. Um, I wish I could share with you a final message. Uh, You know, I talk to leaders all the time. Being a good communicator is part of leadership. And if you claim that you want to be young leaders, you've got to learn to communicate. I mean, that's just the way it is. So spend a lot of time thinking about it, pondering about it. And we certainly will take this conversation as far and as deep as we possibly can with great panelists like we had today. Thank you so much to all of you and, and your questions. We, we Sorry we didn't get to all of you. Um, we are grateful for Sibanye for partnering with us on this venture and of course open window institute letting us come here today and spend some time with you hopefully next time we can fill up a a bigger venue but but we don't need a lot of students to to make our voices heard thank you so much to all of you next up our business master class stay tuned at sibanye we believe leaders are made not born we also believe we can create a sustainable legacy by helping to develop tomorrow's leaders today We are proud of our partnership with the Leadership Platform and will continue to support leaders who are committed to growing our country. Sibanye, we are one. Visit us on sibanyegold.co.za. This is cliffcentral.com.